This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe... Can I hear that? Hi. Hi. <laughs> One more time. Hi. Okay. <laughs> That's I all I can do. I can't do the voice. I can just do the hi. <laughs> I do like Regresh. Uh, always did his um, Ernie impression. He didn't do it that well. He did, I thought he did it okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Here's the play we drew up for Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. <laughs> did you see that, though? On Twitter. Oh, are we just going? Yeah, we're just going. Oh, okay. Oh, it's the FCS Football Podcast, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I didn't even know we were recording. Oh, you didn't even know? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's how we're doing things now. No, we're I just, just like, opened it up with that. Catch me off guard. Because you were, I did catch you off you guard. You just waiting for me to say something incriminating. No, I liked, your bigger, <laughs> I liked your bigger impression. That's oh, It made okay. me happy. Um, this is, again, the Believe podcast of fcs football that's a weird way of pronouncing yeah, it but the, this is what we the are long way that's the, the long way around <laughs> <laughs> but this is what we do we talk about fcs football and now we are previewing the second round of the fcs football playoffs and we're doing it just like we did it last week we have all eight games we're going through them we're going to analyze each one and then we are going to predict our winners but first we have some news that just broke this week. Jacksonville University has just announced that they are cutting their football program. Joe, you have looked into this a hair more than I have. So um, would you care to enlighten us and the listeners? Yeah, so I retweeted on Twitter if anyone wants to go take a look at it. But uh, Doug Samuels was the one who who posted on it, uh, footballscoop.com. I don't know if that was the original source, but... That was where I ended up getting it from in the, in the statement that came from the Football Scoop article from the athletic director of Jacksonville University said, it's clear the resources required to support our football program outweigh the benefits to our overall athletic department and the university. And while Jacksonville was not exactly a dominant football program and not one that was a force in the Pioneer League, it was one that was trending upward and it had some very good players on it. They've only been around since 1998, so this program was the same age as Sean and I, Sean and I. Right. As disturbing as that sounds, um, well, you know, as young as we are, is what I'm saying. Um, well, we outlasted one up top. Yeah, we did it. We we outlasted a football team. There we go. Um, 
Maybe one of us will die off before the next <laughs> one. <laughs> but but still, though, it's just it was pretty crazy to see because it, it was what, what do you yeah. say, Masseroni and Blythe are really rooting for that. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it, it was a bit crazy to see because Jacksonville was not really a team that was in clear dismay or disarray that was struggling greatly, and it, it just seemed like it was a financial decision. Right, and then. If you look at it, you see Pioneer League team, and if you're going to look at the conferences, it's probably going to be a Pioneer League team or a Patriot League team or an NEC team that could possibly be having something like this happen to them. I wouldn't say it, Patriot League just because oh, a lot bad. of those yeah. teams are have been around for a very long time. Okay, but pardon me. I'm just no, I'm just no, no, saying. No, I got you. I got you. There's a possibility that though we've seen tons of teams over the past like 30 years cut programs. Like Northeastern used to have a football program; they no longer have an FCS program. Hofstra used to have an FCS program. They no longer have an FCS program, so just is Hofstra D two now? No, they just don't have a they football team. They cut so their Mar- football team. So Marcus Colston just went there and left. Yeah, he he no no, no it was more like he went there and then Hofstra left. Oh, okay. It's like all right, we're out. <laughs> there was our one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of a bummer. We don't like to see FCS programs leaving, given that we you know we do a job focused around all FCS football teams. So I guess we're at 125 now. I'm assuming they'll probably pick another up. Oh, well, yeah, the there's next... movements to pick up more. Right. Like St. Thomas is a likely joinee of the FCS level because they were invited by the Division One committee. So that that is likely the next replacement for Jacksonville University. Maybe they'll put them in the, uh, the Pioneer League to even things out. Right. I don't believe we'll be sitting at 125 for long. Nope. Well, that news aside... What did I say last week? Buckle up? I think you said buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up, buckers. Buckle up! <laughs> we have eight games to preview for you. First on the list is Monmouth versus James Madison. Now, I'm going to get to mine first because it's a little more convoluted. Yeah, I tried to follow along in the notes and I was just like, I didn't let him talk first. <laughs> I looked at, I was looking at some preview articles of this game and it kept on saying that Monmouth has on the season has averaged 489 yards per game. And I'm like, there's there's no way. And I looked at it, and I figured it out that that's true. And so I'm like, okay, well, JMU has a fantastic defense. I have to see how much yardage they're allowing. They allow 278 yards per game. So you split the difference there, it's 211. You look, and then I'm like, okay, well, what can I do with that? How can I analyze that? And then I said, okay, let's see what JMU on offense is averaging. They're averaging 471 yards per game. Monmouth is allowing 354 yards per game. Split the difference there, it's 117. So that means that JMU is having a more favorable yardage differential against Monmouth, who in part needs to find a way to close that gap in this game. You have to find a way to not allow the tight ends for JMU to slip slip away because you get... Every JMU game I watch, a tight end is going to get a 50-yard completion some way. You're going to, you have to minimize their big play output. And Monmouth, if you can get 320 yards, I'd say, you're going over their season average. I wouldn't be surprised if they topped 278 yards in this game, given how good of an offense they are. But you have to get over 320, and you have to keep JMU under their 471 if you're Monmouth in this game for me. That was just a weird stat line that I, mm-hmm. for some reason, I decided to analyze and look into. Yeah, a lot of numbers there that you, you put out into the into this conversation. And 
I, without fully understanding what you were talking about, kind of shrunk this all down to one one single point. Yep. And that Monmouth's offense looked prolific against Holy Cross. They looked incredible all season long. You got Kenji Bahar, you, get, uh, Bahar, you also have Pete Guerrero, who both of them are two of the best players offensively in the FCS, putting up a ton of yards per game. Bahar having some issues with his hamstring. You're going to want to be watching out for that this week because they're playing against a very, very good James Madison defense, as you alluded to. John Daka, Rondell Carter, James uh, Rashad Robinson, all of those guys are All-American quality players and also were a part of the CAA All-Conference team. So while Monmouth has looked so good, the same will not be able to happen this week. JMU is only allowing, like you said, 278 yards per game. But the big key here yep. is the 62 rushing yards. They allowed, I think it was 10 to West Virginia? 34 to West Virginia. 34. West, it's West Virginia. It's, it's a Big 12 it, it, team. It's a Big 12 team that you're allowing 34 rushing yards. Yeah, a, a, a team that is going to, you know, in a conference that is known for putting up a ton of yardage. And you're going against Monmouth, who mm. all they do is rush the ball. Yeah, so the one thing I've got to pay attention to here is and one thing I've picked up from watching all these Monmouth games is that they really like to use the run game to establish their offense and really set things up, establish consistency because they know Pete Guerrero can take the ball for 30 carries in a game. He can rush for 150-plus yards if they continue to feed the rock to him. And then after that, when some pressure is relieved and they're starting to stack the box, that makes things easier for Kenji Bahar to either be mobile as a quarterback or go and find his receivers pretty cleanly downfield so in addition to that all that stuff you have to pay attention to how good JMU is on defense they have the assets on the defensive line they have the assets in the secondary they're going to have a Bonham is going to have a very difficult time trying to move the ball I think they are too and if we're going to analyze JMU's defense a little more and we're only doing this because we know a lot about JMU their defensive backs are phenomenal tacklers so I think that's where you get caught only rushing for 34 yards in a game against them is that their safeties and corners are going to go up and they're not going to miss tackles, especially on run on running backs. So within you're just going to have to find a way to make a man miss. So okay, you're winner of this game, Joe. I you got to pick James Madison as as much as I I I love Monmouth and I think that they're always going to be an underdog team that is going to surprise people week to week. I'm still going to stick with James Madison because they're the number two team in the country. It goes North Dakota State, JMU as 1A, 1B, and then there's a, a slight drop-off. That's how it works. I'm also going to take James Madison, uh, and, I mean, we're both rooting for Monmouth, though. Not only oh, for, yeah. Not only for the underdog, but just because of how they play. I like their team. You know they've only had one coach there for the entire 27 years that they've been a program? Yeah, uh, Monmouth has uh, Coach Cal, who I yeah. don't know, but uh, one of my high school coaches played for him. So he's been there for a very long time, and he's – Albeit it's taken him 27 years, he's turned it into a good program, and we don't know when he's going to leave, but he will probably pass it on in good hands. Right. Okay. Next game, Northern Iowa and South Dakota State are facing off. Joe, let's get your little take on this game. This game is going to be very run heavy, and there's a lot of matchups that I'm going to be probably talking about today being very run heavy. The first one I alluded to being run heavy because of Pete Guerrero. But on both ends, this is going to be so run-heavy. Neither team is averaging over 200 yards passing per game, and both of them have consistent rushing attacks. UNI is a little bit more spread out. They, they get the ball in the hands of a bunch of different guys. No one eclipsed that 1,000-yard rushing mark for UNI. Not like when they used to have David Johnson. They're, they're using as many different people um, 
as possible to get the ball. But South Dakota State is all Pierre Strong Jr. He's one of the best running backs in the country. I, I've been saying that all year long. This game is going to be one on the ground, and who has the better run defense? Not a lot of passing yards here. Don't be surprised if if both teams go for 150. I don't expect uh, much passing either. But for me, if you're Northern Iowa in this game, you need to find a way to take the South Dakota State linebackers out of the game. You can't let Christian Roseboom, Seven Wilson, and Logan Backhouse affect this game like they've been doing all year. You have to do play action, deep routes, throw it out. What? No, dumb question. Is is Seven Wilson, is Seven his actual name? Yeah, it's Seven Wilson. Okay, all right, go ahead. Interesting name. You know, Andre 3000's kid's name Seven. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. Why? It's kid that he had with Erica Badu. He named him Seven. Okay, you'd expect Andre 3000 to give his kid a real a, a normal uh, that, name. That's a good point. That's well, a good point. I just don't understand the seven thing. It's just it was just, it's just his name. Okay, go ahead. Your last name's Delion. All right, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have the most common name in play the play action, <laughs> deep balls, get the linebackers out of the posi- their positions. They are the, going to be the best total unit on this field all day, just as a group for both teams. You need you can't let them do their thing. So get them uncomfortable. Get them flowing where you were not going to want the ball or where you're not going to have the ball. Yeah, when you have those athletic, rangy linebackers and they've got three strong, contributing guys, like you said, using things like play action is going to pull them away from possible passing opportunities. So while there's not really going to be a lot of passing yards accumulated by you and I, setting those things up are going to be very, very important for moving the ball on second and short. Um, second and you know seven to seven to five in that range. That's how you're going to pick up those first downs by causing those guys to come upfield, try and stop the run. Have someone like a tight end, uh, flying across the uh, the secondary in the middle of the field where there's nobody to to, uh, to cover him. Now, Joe, who are you taking in this game? I'm going to go with South Dakota State. Um, I think you and I is a good football team. They looked a little bit vulnerable against uh, San Diego. I'm going to have to go with South Dakota State. For some reason, everything's telling me South Dakota State. But Northern Iowa has found their way in here. They've found their way into the second round. And nothing in particular has stood out to me as this is the best team that's going to win this game. But I am going to pick Northern Iowa purely off of gut feel. That doesn't usually work for you. But I know it we'll doesn't. I know it doesn't. The curse is going to strike. <laughs> the bold, bold strategy there, Kyle. Uh, we have to also... I forgot to go back into the records and check who did last week. Yeah. All right, so we'll do, we'll do it at the end of the playoff. Well, no, I could pause it right now and see the curse, no, and I can no, go no, back in and, and. No, no, we'll, we will. Oh, okay. We will do it at the end. We will, Are you sure? We won't kill momentum. We will do it at okay, the end no of the playoff. Okay, no killing momentum. I All got right. Northern Iowa. Joe has South Dakota State. Illinois State and Central Arkansas is our next matchup. Joe, start us off. Or I, I, I can take this. You want to take this? Illinois okay. State oh, yeah, like may that. have been gifted an easy second round matchup here. I think that Central Arkansas is not as good as many people would have expected. Get that sneeze out. There you go. Uh, Central Arkansas I don't think is as good as many people expected. I don't think that they're worth being a seeded team. When I posted about my takeaways, I said that Central Arkansas did not deserve to be a seeded team. Now, I don't think this game is going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a walkover like Mammoth Holy Cross. (laughs) I'm just saying that I think that 
Illinois State has to be favored in this one. And, and part of the reason why I say that is Central Arkansas's defense is allowing 142 rush yards per game. I don't like their defense. They don't have anyone on there that really makes me say, like, oh, he's a stout player. He's tough. He's going he's gonna to set the edge. He's going to uh, set the tone for this defense. Uh, I think their they're leading tackler had 60 tackles. Like the, Nothing like that really gives me a lot of confidence especially considering how many yards are giving up on the ground. So James Robinson had a crazy week last week. I'm not going to say he's going to rush for 300 yards again or almost 300 yards again, but he's probably going to have a good day. He's probably going to rush over 100. They're not going to be able to stop him. No one on that defense gives me any confidence being able to stop him. I'd give James Robinson at least 160 and two touchdowns in this I, game. I'm going to I'm gonna be a little more conservative really? here. I'm going to say like 125 to 150. Kwame's going to tweet at me immediately as soon as he goes over 150. Hey, Kwame, light him up. <laughs> light him up. Because I, I was wrong last week. I was, I was wrong last week in talking about uh, Zach Hall and Swift for Southeast Missouri State, and they weren't even able to do a lick, and they're two of the best linebackers in the country. In this game, I look at South Central Arkansas, and I, I just see their track record here. Okay, They beat Western Kentucky. Phenomenal win. We all loved it. They beat Austin P. Really good playoff team. But you look at their losses. They lost to Nichols by 20. They lost to Southeastern Louisiana State 34 to nothing, and they barely beat Northwestern State 31 to 30, which I, I, I kind of equate as a loss. It's hard to determine which team of Central Arkansas is going to show up today. And I think that they've shown that they are, I don't want to say not fit for this, but you don't know if you're a Central Arkansas fan or an analyst, which te- who's going to show up? Are they going to be uh, somebody that's going to beat a, a really good playoff team or are they going to get stomped down? And I'm just going to transition this right into my pick. I have to go off of that rationale with Illinois State in this game. Yeah, Central Arkansas is the best bad team in the in the playoff, but also the worst good team. If that makes any yeah, sense, yeah, that's exactly they, yeah. because they'll show up with a really good uh, in a really good game and they'll and they'll dominate against good opponents, but they'll also show up against bad teams and look really bad. So I you you, you can't really be overly confident. I'm a little bit more confident in Illinois State from all that we put into it. I mean, those are two playoff teams: Nichols and Southeast Louisiana in in the second round, both of them. Yeah. And you you got worked by both of them. How yeah. can you have any confidence going into this game? Not as I mean, as Central Arkansas team, you have to, but as a fan, yeah, it's a good point. So you're taking Illinois State also. I am taking Illinois State. Okay, Illinois State also for Sean. Next game on don't, the don't docket. Steal my bit. Southeast Louisiana versus Montana. Yes, uh, Joe. You look like you have a little more analysis here, so I'll start it off <laughs> with my general point here. Okay. Southeast Louisiana, find the quarterback with the hot hand. You're obviously smarter than all of us, so roll with the game. I'm assuming that they just read the defense or they read how the offense is working and they just sub in whichever quarterback. Just do that. Just just maybe do it a little, I don't know, more obvious so that we can understand it better, <laughs> but primarily do it however you believe you're going to win the game. I don't know anybody. I don't know if Montana is going to be able to stop that. If if they find a way to work both quarterbacks in in the most efficient manner. My take here, though, is this game smells a lot like last week's game. So we had te- two teams: Southeast Louisiana and Villanova. Thank you for the sound effect. We didn't need to do any, you know, any gnat sounds. Well, we didn't really, you know, you didn't you didn't need to? We've do never it. really had any verbs. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're not very articulate. <laughs> um, 
This game, though, seems a lot like last week. So Villanova, Southeast Louisiana, two explosive offenses with decent defenses. Ended up being a really high-scoring game. Came down to one play, essentially determining it. So this game looks a lot like that because Montana has 440 yards per game but allowing 415. Southeast Louisiana has 484.5 yards per game but allowing 398.8. This game, I joked about the Sacramento State Austin P game being 105 to 106. This game is probably going to be like, like, in all seriousness, like 48 to 49, 48 to 54, something crazy like that. If that doesn't happen, I will be shocked. It's going to be like a sloppy one and a half first quarters, and then it's just going to explode. Yeah, so look, you got to pay attention to who has the better tandem, and I can't even pick who has the better tandem of weapons. Montana's got Dalton Steen, Marcus Knight, some uh, Samori Toure, and Sam Ockham. Both of those receivers are very, very good. Uh, they're, they're dominant threats at the receiver position, but Southeast Louisiana has their own arsenal. Chasen Virgil, I think, needs to be the guy. I understand you're saying that you want to ride that hot hand, but Chasen Virgil lit up Villanova's Pretty good secondary, who was missing a couple key contributors because of injury. Still. But still, I want to go with that guy, the guy who threw for 400 yards. I'm starting him first. If he continues to be hot, I'm keeping him in. Let him get the ball out of Austin Mitchell, C.J. Turner, and their amazing tight end, Bronson Schwabel. I love Schwabel. I, I love, love him. It, all he does is catch t- catch passes and then block super hard downfield. That's all he does. He's, he's a phenomenal tight end. And the Southeast Louisiana skills, could they look more like – quick could they look any quicker on the field they're, they're compact they, they too move. yeah they just are just shifty and they, they just so yeah. quick austin twitch. mitchell I, I believe if i'm not mixing him up with cj turner is five nine he's, he's small he's very compact he's very very quick so it's good to have that that mix and then having bronson schwabel who's the big hulking guy that catches those those uh those post routes those those, those passes uh, across the middle and picking up huge yards they don't use him as an incredible threat as this go-to tight end that some offenses are very centered around, but he can pick you up a first down in an instant if you need him to. Devontae Williams, their running back number one, he is maybe one of the quickest people I've ever seen. Yeah, he's very good he too. He is awesome. Also, I just want to say Bronson Schwabel, top 10 name in uh, <laughs> in the FCS. We should do a whole show on that. Uh, just the names? Yeah, just best names. We could talk for an hour on the best names. Okay, Joe. <laughs> Talking about names is all fun and good, but now we have to talk about who you're taking in this game. Southeast Louisiana. I'm picking them because last week I picked Villanova, and I was wrong. This team is resilient. They will fight. If you allow them to keep scoring, and if you allow them to keep in it, even if they're down two to three scores, they'll find a way back in, and they're going to beat you. Now, I love Southeast Louisiana's DBs. They are aggressive, they are scrappy, and they are not scared of any receiver. But I think Torre and Occam might have a day. So based on that, I think I have to take Montana in this game. All right. But I, I desperately wanted to take Southeast Louisiana. Next up, Albany versus Montana State. I'll take this. Yes. I'll take this to start here. I look at this game and I think about what I said earlier in the week about Central Connecticut State only getting one sack on Albany last game. And we all saw what happened. Well, you look at Montana State's defense, Bryce Sterk, 13 sacks on the year, and Troy Anderson, spelled the incorrect way, 6.5 sacks on the year. Oh, because there's you an see E that? instead of an O? An E-N. How entitled are you? Your name's the correct way to spell it? I'm, come on, come on. <laughs> Troy Anderson, 6.5 sacks on the year. They're not gaudy numbers, but they need to get to undercuffler. They just need to. I mean, he's a freshman, first of all. 
He's in the second round of the playoffs. Additional pressure. And Albany obviously rolls a lot better when they're not their quarterback's not getting touched. That goes for every quarterback. And in our time here, when we've played Albany all four years, when we get to the Albany quarterbacks or when we have gotten to them, especially last year, it was a much different game. I mean, we had sacked, I think we got like five or six sacks, and we had won that game junior year. It was a big win. Or sophomore we year. Dominate. With both years, sophomore we dominated. Both years, we dominated them. You have to get to the quarterback. It's just what – and that's so blanketed. But if you look at what they did last week with, with only one sack given up, see the trend and, and do better. So the reason why I wanted you to go first was because yep. my point really builds off of yours. I attribute the fact that they only had one allowed one sack to Central Connecticut State last week just because they're an NEC team. They're undermanned. Yep. They're not as big. They're not as athletic. They're not going to do well against CAA offensive linemen who are the biggest offensive linemen in the country comparative to the Missouri Valley Conference or the Big Sky. Just a huge mismatch. An undercuffler in that offense made it look like they were going against the scout team during practice. It was that bad how easily they were able to move the ball down the field. They were sliding in and out of tacklers. People were not even close to even making any plays. But this week is a lot different. Montana State has two very good defensive linemen that you pointed out. Sterk and Anderson are are, are probably going to be able to chase down undercuffler a lot better than... Um, Central Connecticut State was able to last week. You pointed out that we know he's a freshman, but the other thing, and I see, I see that you're peering over the, the document. Because that can't do, be right. It, it is. Is so, that an incorrect symbol in front of that number? Under, it's not. Oh. Undercuffler oh. has negative 142 rushing yards. So that just oh. shows to us that he's not as mobile. We That's see that on tape. Negative we'll 142. Yes. Got negative or, So that, uh, for those that don't know, in college football, it's not like the NFL. A sack does not count toward, uh, count negatively towards the team passing yards, but instead it counts toward a player's rushing yards and the rushing total. That's how it works. That's how it's calculated. So he's taken a number of sacks. He's been hit a lot in some games, and when they're successful in doing that, he's not as poised. He's a little bit more flustered. He's a freshman quarterback. If you get to him, he's going to make mistakes. He's not a guy like some of these other teams that have good quarterbacks um, because they're athletic and they're mobile and they get out of the pocket. Undercuffler is not like that. He'll pick you apart by just sit, sitting in the pocket, being mobile in the pocket, finding where he needs to go. But like any young player, he can hold the ball too long. He'll be easy to take down. Gosh, that's a baffling number. But I know. Okay, who are you taking, Joe? I'm going to go with Montana State. I, I love Albany, but I think Montana State is a little bit more veteran-oriented. I'm going to take Albany here. Oh, there's always a CAA, there's always a, a CAA team that is not James Madison that rolls a little more into the playoffs. Last year was Maine. This year, it might be Albany. Villanova's already out. They just, I think I have to take them. It, it's a fair point, but you have to take into account the past few years. It's, there's been five to six. CAA I know, teams. I know, I know. It's a fair point, though. It's a good point. I'll take Albany. Next game on the docket: Kennesaw State and Weber State. I'll start this off because okay, go yours ahead. goes right into mine. Mine goes right into right, yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, there we go. What was that? <laughs> Who could be more physical? Is that an encroachment call? No, that's a that's a timeout. Oh, timeout. Who could be more <laughs> physical? <laughs> <laughs> Weber State's defense or Kennesaw State's offense? This is Weber State's defense has been notably 
one of the most physical defenses in the FCS this year, and Kennesaw State's offense has been notably one of the more prolific and sometimes dominant offenses in the FCS this year. So you look at these two dynamos, and you you wonder, not wonder, you you have to see who's going to go out there and, and be the man and take the field. Who's going to go out there and make a stop or who's going to get the first down? This is what this game is going to come down to, and I know Joe has more to say about Weaver State's defense especially. The key in this game, maintaining contain. If Weber State can maintain contain in this game, that is very, very important. So we're talking about Kennesaw State, who is this great option offense who looked really good last week against Wofford and played very, very well. When you're talking about Weber State, you have to acknowledge the fact that they have a ton of great defensive linemen. They have five players with over eight tackles for losses. The two notable guys are Jarrett Sheese and Jonah Williams two of the best players in the country out at the defensive line position, racking up tackles for losses, and they have a great pass rush, but that means absolutely nothing in this game. That goes out the window because you're playing a game against a team that throws the ball probably five to ten times a game, if that. Playing triple option means playing assignment sound, gap sound, not allowing uh, somebody to make a mistake. If you if you got the dive, you need to make sure you're, you're 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 playing the dive. If you have got quarterback, you need to make sure you're quarterback, and your defensive ends need to play great contain. So I think that Weber State is going to be able to do that. I think they will too. They're a really good defense, and every team, everybody does their job on that defense is what you see on the film. Now, Joe, who are you taking in this game? I sorry, Nick Masseroni and Sean Blythe. Oh. Weber State. Oh. Think that you're going all the way out there for nothing. <laughs> now I come to, when I'm making this, this decision. Do I want to curse Kennesaw or yes. do I want to? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, curse them. Give me the owls. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to Utah. They're gonna take it from them. Weber uh, State's have too much time off. They're going and they're taking it. It's gonna be a reverse of the <laughs> the uh, the Holy Cross fans getting mad at us for picking Monmouth instead. Nick Masseroni and Sean Blythe are gonna be if this upset happens, they're gonna you know they're gonna be all Do up in our again. face. <laughs> they're gonna be all up in our face. <laughs> okay, next game on the list here: Nichols versus North Dakota State. Just go ahead. I, I, mine? I yeah. Do, sure. do I have to get to mine? Do oh, okay, I'll get mine. Okay. I'll, I'll, Okay, for Nichols here. I put a lot of thought into this, and just stay with me here, folks. Okay, for Nichols to win this game, pray. All right, Joe, you're you're. That's it. You're not going to say anything Joe, else. <laughs> what do you want no, me to okay, say? Okay, I get it. What you, it's North Dakota State. What do you want me to say? And they're great. They're they're on this crazy winning streak. But you're just going to say pray. Okay, you have to get creative. You pray, love. If, if, <laughs> if when I'm looking at Nichols, I don't see the most creative defense, and when I see North Dakota State, I see a steamroller. And you have to find a way to get creative and kind of throw a wrench into that steamroller and see if you can get off its axles. So that means more stunts on the defensive line. It means faking coverages. It means disguising coverages, disguising blitzes, uh, green dogging, anything. Just find. Do you care to explain what green dogging is? Green dogging is when you have a linebacker assigned to covering a running back, but if he stays in protection, the linebacker goes for the quarterback. Okay, thank you. So doing some of that, it can really that green dogging is tough on offensive linemen, especially if there's like like a blitzer already coming, um, and the running backs it's the running backs assignment. Linebacker sees the running backs going out there, free hitter because you can't account for that guy because the running back's supposed to have him. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you you cannot do what you have typically done all year. You have to find a way to mix it up and get them 
to not know what you're doing because you have to assume they already know what you're doing. Yeah, North Dakota State, such a great team. Their obvious favorite to be in the national championship. And when I when I was breaking down this game, the one thing that was a clear indicator to me and the thing that we've seen all season long from North Dakota State is that they love to force turnovers, and they're one of the best teams at capitalizing off of them. They have 12 interceptions. They have 16 fumbles. That's a lot of turnovers. It's a lot of turnovers to force. They're so good defensively, and their offense is so good at taking that lob from the defense and slamming it home and, and, and getting those points on the board. They have 68 points off of turnovers this year, which is a pretty good number. That looks really, really good, and some offenses struggle to do that where the defense will get them the ball back and they'll maybe they'll punt, they'll only kick a field goal. Not North Dakota State. They'll score. We've seen it every single, every single game that they've played. Thank you for illustrating my clap. <laughs> Turnovers are key here. I think Nichols needs to be very clean. They need to be perfect. You think who? Nichols. 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 <laughs> they need to be perfect. They cannot make any mistakes in giving the ball to North Dakota State because that is an immediate killer. One turnover is enough to keep you out of this game. It really is. And I'd be killing Chris Hitu right now if he ever listened to this show. Yeah. Joe, who are you taking? North Dakota State. Okay, North Dakota State for yeah, me also. Let's keep that simple. Now, our last game that we are covering here is probably one of the top two most interesting and fiery games that we're going to be seeing this week. Austin P and Sacramento State. This is... It's building up to be a doozy. When I look at this game, I'll start it off. Sacramento State is lauded for their off- awesome, awesome offense. Golly. But their defense in the last two weeks has allowed twenty or 12 points per game and 245 yards per game. We know their offense is great and they're great, great quarterback, but will their defense hold strong against a very consistently good Austin P team? Now, Austin P. When you look at their offense, it's not any huge standouts. They are just consistent, consistently a well-oiled machine on offense. They go down, they don't turn the ball over, they finish drives, they get more touchdowns and field goals. It's an offense that continues to roll. Now, Sacramento State's defense is now coming alive. That's what you got to look out for in this game because you know Kevin Thompson is going to get you what he needs to get you, and you know that um, Elijah Dotson is going to get you what he needs to get you, but will the defense show up? Yeah, defense showing up is very key in this game, and that was my point here, was both of these teams are averaging a ton of yards. Sacramento State, 469 yards per game, Austin P 430. We were talking about another matchup this week being gaudy and having a ton of points, and I think that this one is primed to do the same exact thing, except the difference here is that Austin P has a good defense, Sacramento State has a good defense. So it's really a matter of who really shows up and stops the playmakers. Sacramento State, Kevin Thompson, Elijah Dotson, very, very talented duo that they're using to pick up a lot of their yards. For Austin P, it's Kentel Williams and Javon Craig, as well as D'Angelo Wilson. Whoever can have a good game defensively, keep them out of the end zone for a couple of drives, that's going to be the deciding factor. Who you got in this game, Joe? I'm going to keep riding the hot team that I have. I don't think they've ever let me down, Austin P. Give me Sacramento State and the boys. Yeah, because you're dumb. Every time you pick against them, they win. It will stop here today, this weekend. No. In this game, no. Austin P goes no. down. No. Mm-mm. No. Not going to happen. You're delusional. I'm not you delusional. Know that you're delusional, buddy. I can't wait to tweet at you 
while you're locked in your room on Saturday. I, at least I have <laughs> a door. And then hear you yell. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a door. <laughs> don't ask. Okay, well, these are the games. If you're a fan of any of these teams, we covered them. Now, the final segment of today's show, Kwame's Corner. First question from Adam Sabula. Hey, thanks, Adam. Which Big Sky team will make the national championship? First off, bold it's of not, you, yeah, not bold of you to assume will, which which can because it's gonna happen. You yeah, know? which can <laughs> which team can make the national championship? Let's let's just dial it back a little bit. Relax. Gosh, that's pretty confident. Yeah, that, that is. I don't. There's think so I, many. There's so many of them that could. You know, which ones? Which one's definitely gonna do it? <laughs> okay. Um. I have Sacramento State as my best just because their offense is so spectacular and their defense is now playing at least up to par with Weber's, Weber State's defense. I think Weber State also has to – sorry, that was unprofessional. That's fine. That's fine. I, I think Weber State also has to be my pick. You got Joe yawning over here. Yeah. I said Sacramento State's my pick. Yeah, Weber State has to be my pick. Okay. Sorry. Lost my train. Golly. Why do you have that hat on? I've never seen you in that hat. It's a new hat. I bought it. Why'd you buy that? I went. I was. I went to the mall on Black Friday. Let and, me see. Uh, Which mall? Um, the one back home. Yeah, yeah. It was the Garden State Plaza. I went with some friends because we were looking for something to do, and it was a zoo. We went to Nordstrom, and we were, you know, just looking at stuff. And Let I me see the front of it. Found this on a. I found it on a mannequin. It's on oh, a mannequin. I'll put it up back around front. It was on a mannequin. It looks good backwards, but it makes you look like you have a tiny face from from the front. Yeah, not a fan. Ba- not a fan of it from the front. Backwards, it, it's now a good. Look, fi- it looks good fix on you. The hat. you just, I, I'm just saying, you don't wear a lot of hats. No, which is why I bought it. I needed a good hat. I've got a lot of like, because when I was in high school, I used to wear a lot of the, um, like the flat, uh, the snapback flat brim hats because oh. I was I was not I was I had no oh. sense of how to properly dress myself. Yeah, exactly. I just know you have about th- you have about ten to ten to twelve. You brought those to college with you. I did. I barely wore them. You wore them sometimes. Freshman year. Yeah, occasionally I did. And oh it was because when my hair was a mess, I just put the damn hat on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ball cap for me. Second question in Kwame's corner. Ryan Stanford. Thank you, Ryan. Which seeded team is most likely to go down this weekend? Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas. Yeah, best 100% shot. 100% Central Arkansas. Easily best shot. I do not have much faith in them. That is the team. Joe said Sacramento State as an honorable mention. That's delusional, but You're that's delusional. his choice. How? Because Austin P is good. I, there's a good, good shot that they could be upset this week. Oh my gosh, it's a great shot. Mm. Just because you hate Austin P and you continue to pick against them, it, and, uh, how many weeks in a row have you <laughs> said this is the week that it, it ends? This is the week. <laughs> You've said that every single time. You've but come on, it's Sacramento them. State. Well, Austin P is better than you think. I'm not saying they're not. All right, we'll just have to pee who who wins. <laughs> we'll have to pee who wins. <laughs> it was a pun, okay? It was a good pun. Oh my, that was the worst pun ever. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening to the FCS Football Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Next Monday, we will be recapping the eventual madness that is striking this Saturday and this weekend. So send us your questions for Monday. We got a, a good batch of them. Gonna knock the whole Last table week, off. We got a good batch. We want that again. Keep interacting with us because, like I said last week, these stakes keep getting higher. Joe closes off with the housekeeping. 
Make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. We've been able to bounce back from that one one star review. Uh, someone <laughs> gave us a five star, so we're back from four point oh. five to four point seven. It's it's kind of scary how one review could, could well, change we our only meter have 13, that much. We only have thirteen reviews, can, so can we get on that so that the, yeah, the, please, please the folks. snipers don't take us down. <laughs> I still just want to know why. What two, do we do? Two one star reviews could sink us. Probably. We'd be at four, I think, if we had two. Gosh. <laughs> and it's just... Have like, you ever listened to a podcast with a four-star review? No. No. Oh, actually, one of the, one of the other shows I do is a four-star review. Oh, is it really? Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> get to the point? No, 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 That's no. That's got to be like a two. No, I think we have a five on that. There's no yeah, Because uh, Jake Fire and, his, and, his, and his, his boys all gave him... His uh, cronies? His cronies. Oh, that makes me happy. But uh, I don't know. The, the thing with the one-stars, though, is that, like... It's not honest. It's just like I don't like what they're doing. One star. I like, I feel like it's just a like a gut reaction. Just getting mad. Hey, I'm right? telling you, I'm telling everybody right now, we have a hunch. <laughs> we have a hunch. All right, we have a hunch who it was. <clears throat> Nick Master. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Joe, where, where can they find us? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, the podcast app. No, I keep adding that. That's not one of them. Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You name it, we are there. We're on the. We Apple probably podcast. are. We probably I, are on the I podcast li- app. I listen through the Apple Podcast app. No, no, no. The podcast app is a different app. The podcast app, not the it. one that's beam that's in in our iPhones. Yeah, that I said Apple Podcasts. That's okay, different. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us at believe.com, spelled B L E A V. You can find a number of wonderful shows. Sean's favorite show, the Sex Mysteries. Sex Mysteries is uh, fun. Show is a great show that Sean listens to every single. Have you ever listened to it? Actually, I. I don't know. After they were talking about breaking up with people on Christmas just to save money, I'm like, ah, that's a little tough so you for me. Did, so you did listen to They're a show. little... They, I, I listened to the snippet. Okay. Hey, we do this plug of, of where you could find us. So you could tell your friends that are scarfing down buffalo chicken dip on Saturday before <laughs> the game, and they, they, they're big fans of your team, to listen. Because they, they might not have the same apps as you. So direct them... To these sources for and, us, and also you know it's just a, a suggestion. It's just, you know, like, yeah, you, you got your buddies over. You're, you're putting oh, the games on. This just sounds like a good show. Grab what? the Bluetooth speaker. Where can I find it? Grab the Bluetooth speaker. Put us on a little background noise ambiance, and then you'll be locked in and listening to us. And you'll have everything that you need to know because God forbid there's no FCS football game day like there is for FBS. Right. So we will serve as that. Joe Corso. Thanks, everybody. We should start doing the head gear, but you can't see <laughs> we'll, which one I put on. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll be back Monday with a full show locked and loaded. Thank you all for listening. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.